Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. If you are watching live on YouTube, on Twitter, we say thank you for that. You can follow the show at Outkick 360. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share the feed as well as we broadcast live here in Knoxville for tonight's Tennessee Bowling Green matchup. Looking forward to kickoff and looking forward to chatting with our next guest. Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs, WWE Hall of Famer Kane, joins us at our broadcast site here at Uptown bar and grill great to see you thanks man this is exciting it's the first game of the josh heupel era it's the 125th anniversary of ut football and the 100th anniversary at neyland stadium so a lot of big milestones tonight a big season opener you've been you've been a part of several of these you, you told me you moved to knoxville in 95 sure that's did. a lot of football yeah. you saw some really great football when you first arrived in knoxville yeah, yeah. you know of course 1998 you know win a national championship a couple years before that there's a student named peyton man playing quarterback some glory years unfortunately some not so glory years lately but hopefully we're on the path back up to getting back where UT football should be how much fun are you having in politics well I'll tell you it's a lot more fun before March of last year when the uh, yeah. whole COVID thing kicked in you really um, enjoy this though like even yeah, but, uh, even uh, in your WWE days yeah. people would say like hey Glenn Jacobs is going to be a politician he's really into it well it's I, I think that I've had the two best jobs in a can have of course being a wwe superstar but also being the mayor of your hometown as mayor you know you get to help drive the community in a certain direction hopefully you help everybody improve uh, our community it's already a great place to live to work to raise a family hopefully we can all make it better and i'd like to be part of that I'm excited for some football tonight. You're going to the game. Yes, I am. Who do you sit with as Knox County Mayor? Who do you uh, it, who do you it, mingle with? <laughs> it varies. Generally, my favorite spot is to just sit out on the field, man, and just get out there and be part of the excitement. Um, it, it's just great, uh, especially when the stadium is full. You have 102-plus thousand people either cheering or booing or doing whatever. You see the Pride of Southland band, all the uh, all this ceremony that goes along with that. It's just a great time. I mean, it's Seriously, even if you're not necessarily a college football fan, which I don't know how anyone couldn't be, but even if you're not going to a game, it, it just the atmosphere is so awesome. Do you like the fact that as Kane you wore a mask because it helped protect some anonymity with you when you go out and about because you're not a guy that's face was always out there? Yeah, I think in the early years it really helped me. Um, I, I, I'm an introvert, so I did have trouble adjusting to the fact that you're in the public spotlight all the time and people always want to talk to you. I've gotten used to it now and I, I really enjoy interacting with folks. But, you know, when you're first getting into that and first thrust into that, it, it can be difficult. What is more difficult, navigating something like COVID and a pandemic as Knox County Mayor or trying to pull off playing a deranged dentist uh, <laughs> as, a, as a pro wrestler? I yeah, feel like neither, both have the Neither of those are easy, man. Neither of those are easy. Uh, 
Trust me, after all this, though, I'd go back to the Isaac Yankin days if I already had a choice. How hard was it not lot. to laugh at times, though, oh, as man. that character? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just, well, I wasn't laughing because it was my career on the line. That's true. But, yeah, That's true, yeah. Now that I look back on it, it, it's funny in retrospect, but back then it wasn't funny because I was like, man, if I survive this and have a career, it'll be just great, any kind of career. Was this something you were always interested in throughout your wrestling career that you knew at some point you were going to get into politics? I didn't know that I was going to get into politics. I've always been interested in government, um, how it works, um, frankly, the, the, the direction that the country goes um, it, is something I think that is vitally important for all of us, um, but for, especially for someone like me and the blessings that I've had throughout my life, living in a country like America, the freedoms that I've had to be able to do the things that I've had, the opportunities that the free market system presents to folks that are willing to work hard and utilize their gifts. So, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily that I ever really wanted to get into politics, but government politics, those things have always appealed to me in, in a way. Glenn Jacobs, our guest, Knox County Mayor and WWE Hall of Famer, inducted this past spring, right? Yes, sir. Was that from the 2020 class that got postponed, or was that this year? No, I was actually part of the 2021 class. Okay. Yeah. And The Undertaker told you about it. Like, he surprised yeah, you with it, Yeah, that was pretty awesome, yeah. And, of course, to have someone like that who's not only uh, a huge icon within the WWE world, but also someone who's been instrumental in my career, both yeah. professionally and personally, was it was a big deal. You've been described by multiple big-time WWE legends as the best big man to ever work with in the ring. I'm, I'm curious how much of that is taught and trained into you. How much of that is natural athletic ability where you can move as a big guy and do things in a safe way? Well, I think it's a combination of both of those things. When you think about folks like, like The Undertaker and what really separated him at the start of his career from so many other people is he was such a big guy, but then he was also such a good athlete at that size. But then you also get a guy like Big Show who's just an unbelievable athlete for being as big as he is. Um, and, and I think that we really raised the bar for what's expected. You know, Before that, big guys just kind of stood there and people bounced off of him. Then after people like Undertaker and me and, and others that had athletic ability, it, it really changed the game and that we were expected to keep up with people who are much smaller. Um, so it's, it is a combination though. There are certain things you can learn. There are certain things that can't be taught. You know, being six foot nine and 320 pounds, you can't teach that. Um, how to how to do certain moves you can teach that but the athletic ability behind it's different uh, so I, I think that really is what set folks like Undertaker myself and uh, a few others apart is the ability to combine both well actually to combine three things the size the athletic ability but then also understanding how to use that Glenn Jacobs, our guest here on Outkick 360. What what brought you to Knoxville in 95? I was working for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, came here, fell in love with the place, met my wife, fell in love with her, and just never left. I think it's just a wonderful place to live. To me, it's the best place on the planet that anyone could live, and that's why I live here. We had Drew McIntyre on the show a couple of weeks ago. He was promoting SummerSlam, and he was, as he, he was talking with us on Zoom, he was literally right down the street from us in Mount Julie. And he said, hey, I just moved here from Tampa. I love it. Seamus lives in Nashville as well. The Middle Tennessee area and, and East and West Tennessee, for that matter, a lot of guys in, in your line of work 
have moved back to Tennessee. What, why, what is it about the Tennessee area that brings people here? Because a lot of guys live in Florida, Texas, and other regions. Well, I think one thing that companies are finding as well is the uh, economics of living here. We don't have a state income tax, which yeah. makes a huge difference. Um, the cost of living is extremely manageable. It's also just a great place to live. I mean, the climate's good. We're centrally located. You know, here in Knox County, we're less than a day's drive from 60% of the nation's population. So just all those things put together, I think, really uh, give, especially East Tennessee, I'm partially East Tennessee, but give Tennessee uh, a package that it's really hard to match anywhere else in the country. To be the Knox County Mayor is one thing. To decide to run for Knox County Mayor, did, was there a dilemma there at all? Did you think, well, what if I fail? What if they don't? What if they don't vote me in? Because you're putting yourself out there, and and you're, I'm sure your political rivals are going to point to the WWE days as a negative, not a positive. You had to circumvent that. Sure. So what I found out was basically after I was elected. I found out that I was the only person that thought that I was going to win. I thought that I was going to win all along, and then all these people were like, "Yeah, we didn't think you had a chance, right?" Yeah. Um, but I think that's the I think that's the confidence that comes from playing in sports and yeah. being competitive my entire life. Is I just assumed that I was going to be the guy that was going to win because I was going to work hard. We we're going to put together a good game plan. A little different in, in an election because by the time that the votes come in, the die's already cast. You can't switch your game plan up. But nevertheless, I just did the same things that I would have done when I was training for an event, when I was playing football or basketball. You put together a game plan, you execute it as best as you possibly can. I thought that the wrestling thing would give me an advantage um, because it's, of course, a novelty and people talk about it. And then I thought that I had the hopefully the intellect and the policy knowledge to back it up once I kind of got my foot in the door. Who's a guy in wrestling that would make a great politician that's not in politics right now? <laughs> it's the guy that keeps on talking about running for president. The Rock would make a great politician. Yeah. Um, just because he ha he's the, has the charisma um, and he's genuine. And I think those are... When it comes to politics, what people want to see is they, they really want to see that you care, and you have to care. It can't be heirs. You know, you actually have to care about people and be able to relate to them. And Dwayne can do that. Um, Cena can do that. John Cena can do that, too. Um, so I think there's a number of people, if they wanted to do it, they could. I advise against it because it's a lot easier to be in wrestling, in wrestling and in movies than it is in politics. You're but signing I, up to work is what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's not not always fun because uh, you know Dwayne's really popular well you're gonna find out 50% of the people don't like you no matter what um, you do so you know that that can be difficult but yeah I do think there's some folks that could do it I know it's, it's tough to take the politics out of this next question but WWE and I'm sure you were involved with tribute with the troops in Afghanistan yeah and just the personal relationship from a personal standpoint uh, I, I have friends who are Green Berets, and I was talking to them last night about everything that's gone on. I'm sure you have some personal relationships with guys that served over there, men and women. Uh, what's that been like? Because you you have a more you have more of a connection there than than most would in this area. Well, for me. I'm one of those folks that thought Afghanistan should have ended a long, long time ago. Um, but the way the execution has been um, has been terrible, unfortunately. And I, I think that for the men and women who serve there, um, who frankly are still involved to some extent. Right. I mean, you know, we've seen stories about veterans 
basically on their own dime going back and rescuing people that they worked with. Uh, so it's not even just our own troops. It's also you know, the Afghanis who, who worked with our troops who've become family now. Um, it's just sad to see how that all eventuated. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I'm not going to say a whole lot more about the politics of right. that. I, I guess that's a thing. It's just it's just sad to see how that went down. Um, you know, and I, I think that our our boys and girls. Um, I think the most important thing is know that no matter what, uh, in the end, they serve this country with honor. And for all of them, we appreciate them no matter what the outcome might have been. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, best place to travel outside of the States? <laughs> well, it used to be Australia. I wouldn't go there now, uh, unfortunately, because of what they're going through with their COVID restrictions. Um, but th that's actually it was always one of my favorite places to go uh, was Australia. I got to spend some time on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, uh, Surfer's Paradise is a beautiful place. Um, but really, everywhere around the world has something to offer. Um, you know, You've seen it all, Japan, though. I went you to know? Japan a lot. It's a really cool yeah. place. Europe is really cool. Um, the Middle East as well. Uh, you know, it's kind of neat to see how folks really relate to one another on a personal level. You know, we take the politics out of it and we're able to just talk to people. Um, and especially with me, realize that, you know, you're, you're in Saudi Arabia or wherever and these folks are w, huge WWE fans. And you're able to bridge a cultural gap before, because of that. It's really cool. Are you officially done? You're retired? Uh, for the most part, yes. Uh, you know, every once in a while they might call me uh, to do something special. But How as far in advance do they give you on the notice? They let me know. Um, they, they've been, they understand I have a day job. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so they've been very good about that. So I want to I ask a politics versus wrestling question here and similarities between the two. How much of pro wrestling and life in the WWE is being chosen by Vince McMahon, even if you have talent? And the correlation with that with politics, how much of it is you being recruited to run for Knox County Mayor and the Republican Party choosing you as their representative? <laughs> Well, I wasn't chosen. I decided to do that one on my own. Um, did you have to recruit the party, or did you just go into it? No, the, part, the party was good. They okay. didn't stand in my way. They were pretty open about stuff, but it wasn't like I had people banging down my door. I mean, I did yeah. have I did have some folks that say, hey, I, you know, we think you might be good for this. But like I said, it wasn't like there were, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people saying that I should do that. Um, but I think that's always the way it is when you're looking, you know, someone's kind of looking at getting into something. Uh, when you look at WWE and uh, how much of it is Vince, yeah, a lot of it's him. Um, but you also have to be able, you have to show him something uh, and that you're willing to work. Like with me, we talked earlier about the dentist thing. Well, at any point along the line there, I could have just given up and said, I hate this, I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, I think the reason that eventually Kane happened for me was because I proved that I was going to be there for the company, even though I had a gimmick that wasn't necessarily great. Um, so, you know, yeah, you, you have to impress him. But here's the thing, that's true in a lot of other sports, too. You know, we think sports is all objective, and yeah, it is to some extent, but it's also how well you mesh with your teammates, it's how well you mesh with the coaching staff, it's if a coach sees something in you in many cases. Uh, so I, I'd say that, like, your interpersonal relationships, your ability to get along with people um, is as important probably as your talent on the field. 
Glenn Jacobs, Knox County Mayor, WWE Hall of Famer Kane has been our guest. Random question on the way out. How many orange ties do you own or a version of the orange uh, tie? <laughs> this is my favorite one. Uh, nice. I, have, I have a couple others. Uh, also the orange check shirt. Yep. You yep. Everything you have on has orange tints to it. Everything. The shirt even has got the orange. Yeah, the shirt does. Not necessarily the jacket. i got to work on that. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to be running around any Pantone 151 blazer anytime soon, but we'll see. We'll do you style on. yourself? Honest question. Or do you have someone that gives you because it's a very good look. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, complimenting you, you, but do you have Chad someone that puts that jacket. together for you? You mentioned that earlier. I wouldn't thank be able to put that together this, for myself. This, this, this jacket someone... is a Marcus Hall special, so it's okay, kind of cool. Nice, Give a shout nice. out. Um, but no, I, I, I do style myself, um, except the times when I don't look good and then it's someone else. One one last thing. Can you possibly choke slam Clay Travis <laughs> onto Thinking Cumberland Avenue it. on the way on the way up? <laughs> he wanted to meet you, but before you do, instead of shaking his hand, that give him a good choke slam on the way up. Oh, man, no doubt. Photo op. Great to see you. Thank, Thank you for you coming Appreciate by. Appreciate having Thanks me on. Thanks for doing this. Maybe we'll see you at the game. Uh, sounds good. I'll we'll be, be there. there. All right. Thanks, guys. Coming up, Brad Lampley joins the show. He, uh, of course, is a VFL and also he's the attorney for Outkick 360. That's straight ahead on the show, live from Knoxville at Uptown. You're mad at these guys. Outkick 360 is live in Knoxville. The Outkick and Fox Tailgate Tour alongside Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. We'll check in with Paul Koharski coming up in about an hour as uh, he gives us the latest from Nashville covering Darrell Casey announcing his retirement after 10 years in the League 9 with the Tennessee Titans. That's coming up in the Tennessee Power Hour. Uh, and speaking of power, we have VFL Brad Lampley on the show. Also, Outkick 360's attorney. What I don't know is if it is the if it's our attorney or former attorney. How would you like to be addressed and introduced? Are you kidding? Now that you're part of Outkick, attorney baby, current so attorney. He, he will you will represent us legally in perpetuity. Let's, let's get that written and, and on and paper right now. We represent Outkick and Clay and everything else. We're, we're working on that. Yeah. We, yeah. Hey, this is a business trip. We're That's handing right. him cash right now. That's to right. make it That's official. Right. Yeah. This is it was a very small thing that he did in representing me, Hutton and Paul, that could become a very big thing with Clay and Outkick and everything else. Brad, it's always good seeing you, man. Either Great way. seeing you, brother. It's, it's good to be here. Knoxville, Tennessee, yes. on game day. I mean, is there anywhere any better? You know, and you know, it's uh we talk so much about Tennessee football. You're a grad, you you played here obviously. I'm a grad of the school. The excitement level of Tennessee fans. Every time I think that no one cares yeah. or they're dead or they're numb, I come in on a game day on a Thursday it's amazing. and the whole place is alive it's amazing. with energy. Hutton and I are walking around at 11 a.m. Yeah. and people are already on the streets ready to go. Chanting. It never ceases to amaze me how this fan base continues to somehow rise from the dead and arrive when it's time. And it's you know, There's just nothing like the first game here. And you know, I, Our law firm is throughout the southeast and a lot of LSU fans, a lot of Alabama fans, and I refer to Knoxville as the center of the universe and honestly I mean it kind of is I mean it's just the best college town in America it really is and it's just unlike anything I'll, you'll ever see anywhere else especially as much as we struggled the last few years to see this kind of turnout and this energy on game day it's it's amazing so what is it like being the father of a player and being able to live vicariously through him with the, in the same footsteps that you walked and played in I mean that that is a different perspective than any other parent in football 
No, it, it really is. And, and for me, you know, you get caught up in doing the, the sports parent stuff, right? I mean, yeah. Every night it's, it's uh, how'd you play? How you feeling? How'd, how'd you practice? You know, how's the rotation going? It's all the same questions that high school football parents and, and basketball parents ask every day. Then you step on campus on a day like today, and it's like, wow, this is really, really amazing. And, and it gets you. And you, you try to be cool about it, and you can't. It's uh, it's special, and, and so you just you're very, very grateful. That I'm grateful to have been here and be part of this program when I was. I'm really grateful for it to have been such a big part of my family's life, the yep. way it has been. Yep. I met my wife here, you know, my kids. We've kind of been doctoring in this place. And, you know, you have a dream when your kid starts playing Little League football. Hopefully one day, you know, one day he might get recruited. But there's no way possible he could be a, a ball. And it's so when you see him run through the tee and on the ball walk, it's, it's special. It really is. Brad, I think we could take this topic we're going to talk about and apply it to really any program across the country. Um, but with Tennessee, and this is where we are right now and what you know so well, so much of the focus these places with fans is who left. Yep. Right? It's who transferred out. Josh Heupel has continued to say all offseason, well, yes, we lost that many transfers, but we also brought we in some. these guys. Look yeah. at all the guys who yeah. left other programs that came right. here. Right. I want to ask you, though, about the guys who stayed. Right? That's something that some, a lot of times gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. The ones who decided with all of the turmoil, with all of the change, they were going to stick with it and, and, and stay with where they originally committed. Right. There's something to be said for that. I, I think it's a point that needs to be made much more often. You know, Josh Heifel can't say it. Danny White can't say it just because of their, their positions. But I, I love what you're talking about because, I mean, honestly, you, you read some of the narratives in the newspaper and so forth. I don't want to get emotionally invested in this team and get hurt again. <laughs> and, and yet the truth of the matter is if you look at this team, and look at what these kids have been through since last November. Okay, the bad season, the 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 changing, you know, in leadership. You've got the changing in coaching staff. You've got the transfer portal. You've got kids that we signed that all of a sudden are getting out of their letters of intent. You got kids that ought to be committing here that they're they're going elsewhere. And and nothing against those kids. Everybody's got to do what they've got to do. But if there's ever been a team that deserve to be called the Tennessee Volunteers, it's this group right here. And I and you know one of my favorite movies is Hoosiers, and I love that scene where they're introducing him to the town at the pep rally and you got five well five and a half we had Ollie out there if you remember yeah, the scene yeah, yeah. and so the fans are chanting we want Jimmy we want Jimmy and Normandale gets up and he says I would hope you respect us for who we are not who we aren't these kids have made the incredible sacrifice and commitment the last several weeks to put it all on the line for you every single Friday night the next six weeks that deserves and commands your respect this is your team and I think the same analogy we made to this team right here this is the Tennessee Volunteers, and, and and there's never been a group that's more appropriate. It's never been easier in college sports to just, you know, to, to, to jump out, jump ship, and then go somewhere else for greener pastures. And and because you can do it now, and no questions asked, and you don't have to sit out, and yet these kids have stuck. And it may be because they've got too much Tennessee in them. I don't know, but they love it. And, and, and you know, I'll tell you what, as far as I'm concerned, and, and, and people can do what they want if they don't want to get emotionally invested in the team, but when those kids run out through the tee tonight, I'm going to give them a standing ovation. It's not because it's the first game and that's what you do. On senior day, whether they go, they're playing for win number three or win number nine, and I hope it's the latter, I'm going to give those those seniors a standing ovation because what these kids have been through have been really tough, and the commitment they've shown to this university and this state, I can't say enough about it. Sorry, I'll get myself No, up. I think, honestly, I mean, it's your perspective point. is important because there's not many people who's been on the board of trust or maybe you still are on the board of trust 
Uh, you're, you know, a respected attorney, uh, attorney in town. You played for the program, and now your son plays the program. So n- not many times does it line up like that. By the way, I, too, love Hoosiers. And I also <laughs> love when Norman Dell, when a player fouled out and Raid wasn't abiding by his my rules. T- my team's on the my floor. My team's on the floor. I said, Coach, you need another guy. That's right. My team's, my team's on, the on the floor. He'd rather play it. with four than put Raid back in the game at that <laughs> point. When, when we watch this Tennessee team tonight at Neyland Stadium, it feels like we're going to see a group that's excited to play. Yeah. And I don't know that we could always say that. And that goes for a lot of teams in a COVID season. Right. You saw some that really were into it and half the country. And you can point to Michigan and Penn State, yeah. some really big-time programs that honestly lost early and didn't seem like they were that into it the rest of the way. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be the case on this Thursday as we get ready for this I, game I, with this group. The, the, the feedback I've gotten from my source um, has been that, you know, it's it's this staff is exciting to play for. And, and nothing about the old staff. It's, it's not. I liked all those guys and certainly, uh, it you know, really got to know them and, and, and liked them. But this group here, I think, is going to – you're going to see an enthusiastic team. I think you're going to see a team that's very together, which we haven't always seen that. We haven't seen it the last couple years. It hasn't felt like. Uh, and I think you're going to see a lot of, again, getting back to my previous, because you know a lot of pride in wearing that orange shirt. That's what Coach Fulmer used to always talk about. And again, I think these kids, you're going to see that. You know, it's funny too. I was visiting with with one of the coaches the other day, and he said it's funny. He said because the fans see the videos of them all going out playing dodgeball and going to the pool and going to the movies or Dave and Buster's, and hey, you know, this is a this is a fun loving head coach, and and he is a lot of fun. But that coach also looked at me and he said, don't fool yourself. He said he is not afraid to rip these kids to shreds if they need it. And that's, to me, the kind of, you know, kind of old school uh, mentality, but combined with the new school ways of motivating that, I, look, if, if it helps him get more out of these kids than we would be able to otherwise, I'm all in favor of whatever he wants to do. What do you think we see in Joe Milton tonight, who just this week was officially announced yeah. as a starting quarterback? Yeah, and I think a lot of people could probably see that coming. You know, uh, I know that when he got here on campus. I think I, when they added him, people saw it coming. Well, you could see it, and, and, and Jackson called me. He goes, you're not going to believe this guy we got from Michigan. He said he's he's, he's 6'5", he weighs 250, and he's one of the fastest guys on the team. He may be the fastest guy on the team. He said this guy is, is a freak. And, you know, we haven't had a lot of freaks around lately, and, and so it's yeah. good to have that. And, you know, I think, too, with Josh, there's one thing Josh can do, and that's coach a quarterback. And so, you know, I, I think we're going to see some good things. Look, we're going to have some bumps on the road. We know that. Right, I mean that's what what he ran into at Michigan, and and this is a this is a fast offense, and, and you got to be moving the ball, and you got to be executing, and so forth. But I uh, I'm excited about the potential he gives us. I'm also excited though if something happens and he gets banged up, we're pretty deep now at, at, at the quarterback position, yeah. and that's exciting. How fast are the offensive linemen having to move now? <laughs> it changes the way you block. Because usually what you're wanting to do is drive a guy to the sideline and you know pancake him over the water cooler yep. and stand and pound your chest. And these guys, you got to go. I mean, you, you you don't have any time to to get your breath or anything else. It's literally line up, stand there, and go. And uh, and, and and what's funny too is the offensive linemen, and we won't think about this as fans, but there's a lot of nuances. They they automatically know where what hash we're going on and which hash the ball has got to be on. And you do not want to be the last guy to get lined up in this offense. And so a lot of those big boys, you know, they're they're having to they had to do a lot of running this yeah, I mean yeah absolutely and I, I would guess just based on the practice regimen it had to be complete hell yeah 
learning this style compared to what they were running offensively yeah. right. up front. I think a lot of people think of quarterback or wide receiver, running back. They forget about what's go, what goes on in the trenches yeah. and how quickly you've got to – your, well, your, and your and mentality just, has to be to change. Not just to go mentally, to, but physically. Oh, how much 100%. it changes you. I mean, is, is this going to lead to maybe recruiting a different type of lineman and how much is the offensive line that's there with some big guys? Right. Yes. How much have they transformed? I think when, when Josh signed, the perception was he's going to sign a bunch of skinny offensive yeah. linemen that, you know. Which everybody like, thought was Butch Jones, too. Right, right. Well, and, and you see that kind of a player at Military Academy, and they do it very successfully. You know, their linemen are usually a little bit lighter, and they run a little more. This is an incredibly physical offense. So I watched a lot of film in the spring on what they had done at UCF because that's what they were showing the kids how to teach them the offense. And I'm like, my gosh, I mean, these, these offensive linemen are flat out getting after it. There's no finesse to this at all. And the other thing is with this offense, they want to run it. I think about 50% of the time. So that's going to be really interesting to see what they do tonight. It is a it is a smash-mouth offense in so many ways. It's just a faster smash-mouth offense. It's, it's amazing to me thinking about, you know, snapping the ball every eight seconds. Yeah. And, yeah what that, right. and I think more than anything, right. I'm watching tonight. This is a game that, you know, Tennessee's a better team. They should go out there and win. Yeah. But I'm watching to see the organization of it to see, you know, how many times you got a running back going the wrong way right. when that's you're right. snapping it eight seconds later. How many that's times right. you got a receiver going on a go route yeah. and he's throwing a stop yeah. route. That's it. You know, how many times are we going to see that tonight? It, it's it's No one would expect something perfect, but it is a big barometer, you know, with this offseason to get ready for it to it see how, how it looks. It is. But they are. I mean, that's been, it's been instilling these kids from day one, Chad. It's, it's, they got to be fast and everything's got to be fast and it's it's hard in practice. I mean, you know, they'll run all summer and they, they work these kids to death, probably as, as, as much as any staff I've seen, honestly. But then you get there into camp, and he said, yeah, there's these days where there will be three or four offensive linemen throwing up between periods just because it's just even as good a shape as they're in, it's just that fast. What's been your impression of Danny White as athletic director so far? Because when everything went down with Philip Fulmer, people were curious what direction Tennessee yeah. was going to go in. I don't think anyone imagined them going to get a name that everyone knew right. like Danny White. And then, honestly, that at the time, people were surprised he would leave UCF to yeah. go to Tennessee yeah. in the shape Tennessee was in. What has been your impression of I like Danny a lot. You know, we visited a couple times, and he brings a very kind of a CEO type approach, and almost like a business CEO. He he thinks about so. things in a in a in a in a different scale than what you typically see. You know, we had a lengthy conversation at the LSU Super Regional about how can we reconfigure the baseball stadium and make some things work. And you know, we got some challenges in Tennessee. We've got some state laws that prevent you from up and just you know building a building immediately, right? I mean, there's 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 some things. There's a red tape you got to go through and so forth like that. But I think Danny. He's learned to navigate that a little bit. He's I, I like what he's doing. Uh, the four statues today, I mean, on the on the African-American legends that we've had here, the guys that started the program, and, and, and many of them were the first of, of whatever they were doing in the SEC. It's fantastic. And I'm so glad that that's getting celebrated, too. And I just I like the level he's thinking on, and I hope we keep him for a long time. I really do. How excited are you for this opener compared to years past? It's just, you know, you've always got, I think, the first game, we're always excited yeah. about oh, that. Yeah. But then the new coach, right? And so the unknown, the unknown. That's what excites the me ball's here playing tonight. fast. Yes, you know, uh, white cleats. A little bit different. I mean, you personally, know? you and Chad <laughs> both went here. I did not. I, I told Chad on the drive down with Clay. I said, "Look, I, I know less about this Tennessee team than yeah. previous years combined, right. really, right. because there's been so much turnover, so much turnover, and I don't know the coach 
coached that well compared to previous coaches. You know, you kind of have a grasp right. even of the That's new right. coaches. Yeah. And he's been straight football since he arrived here yeah. for the most part. He hasn't he been has. a PR tour. He had, well, he had a chance to really – he and I were laughing about this the other day. He hasn't had a chance to meet the parents. Right. I mean, I met him wow. in a complex yeah. last week, and, and it's not because he's been aloof or anything like that. He said they came in drinking out of a fire hose. He yes. got the job when he did. They went right into spring. They went right into recruiting. They, they, they haven't really had a chance to leave much because COVID has flared back up again. So all the traditional activities with the families you haven't had. So, yeah, I mean, we're kind of in the same boat. We don't know much about him either, but but I, I do like what I've seen so far. And the kids love him. I mean, that's the thing to impress upon the fans is how much the kids like this staff and especially Josh. It's pretty neat. So we got to ask you to get you on record. You will represent us in our next contract negotiation. But if we ask, it's, it's, we're it's, asking. it's, it's years away <laughs> well, right now. It depends if I'm years. representing you guys or Outkick. You know, yeah, I, mean, I, I may be negotiating true, yeah. against you. Yeah. <laughs> if you bring in the bigger business, then you'll, yeah. You'll, I, will, I will say this. I mean, I I, uh, I don't know if the fans appreciate, you know, how, it, it, let me just say this. I It's always gratifying for me to see good things happen to good people. You two have grinded. I mean, you've come up through the ranks, and you've now got this national platform that's getting ready to blow up huge, and and, and, and you two deserve it. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun for me to watch it. It's exciting. And, and I hope the fans appreciate your success as much as, as much as I know I do. It's, it's fun to see, and I love you all being in, in, uh, in the center of the universe today. It's pretty well, thank cool. Thank you. It's, it's been a great day, and uh, we appreciate appreciate your help along the way. But also what I'm hearing is no, uh, Brad will not be representing <laughs> us the next time. It's a very nice well, statement, but that, was, it'll be a new that f- was a long way of saying, you know, you guys can go find someone it'll else. It'll be a new time. fee arrangement. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't ever do any better than you, though, Brad. So thanks, Drew. You're a good man. We need Lampley back, Chad. That's, I'm not letting this go on this interview. Yeah. And we're bringing Lance and, and Jakob and David Reed with us. Yeah, that's 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 really the business is we bring everyone in into the Lampley like trust yeah, well, you know, that's, that's It all comes together. That's good. No, I appreciate it. it, was, it was, that was a fun representation. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> that's one way to put it. No, Fun's one way to put it, yeah. it, Everything turned out well, and you guys were in a good yeah. spot. That's what it's it. all about. All's well, all's well that ends well, right? Yeah. All's well that ends well. That's it right. Ended, it ended perfectly. Good man. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. By the way, you all got Jeff Smith coming up next. Legendary form of all. Very cool. Love that. Jeff's looking good, too. Got a new baby. It's exciting. So. Jeff Smith's coming up. we got another offensive lineman yep. straight ahead. Offensive linemen are always the best talkers. Little Trey Smith. Always the best talkers. So it's pretty cool. Decatur, Tennessee, right? Decatur, Tennessee. God's country. You've never been to Decatur. It's You think about it. Some of the great teams that we had, you had a lot of big-time in-state offensive linemen, and, you know, Jeff was one of the cogs of all that in the 90s, so he's he's played some really good football, played some good football in the league, too, so I'm, I'm glad he's going to do it today. It'll be a lot of fun. Yep. Jeff Smith's coming up. He's Brad Lampley, VFL, and Outkick 360 attorney. He represents us all. <laughs> the representative, representative of Tennessee is here in Brad Lampley. Great to see you, man. Great Thank to see you. you guys. Appreciate it. More coming from Knoxville on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Outkick 360 live in Knoxville with the Outkick and Fox Tailgate Tour. Tennessee and Bowling Green tonight. College football throughout the weekend. The Tailgate Tour heads to Charlotte after tonight's game between Tennessee and Bowling Green. Charlotte and uh, the the, the Panthers Stadium there, they're the host for Georgia and Clemson on Saturday night. And with FanDuel.com right now, FanDuel.com slash OK360, 30 to 1 odds on a straight money line bet. 
you pick the winner of Georgia or Clemson, you bet $5, you can win $150 with the first-time bet as a new user, fanduel.com slash OK360. From one VFL to another, from Brad Lampley to Jeff Smith. Yeah, Jeff Smith, former Vol offensive lineman, former uh, Kansas City Chief, uh, Decatur, Tennessee uh, native, climbing up to join us. Jeff, thanks for swinging by. I really hey, appreciate well, thanks this. For, thanks for having me. So thanks we're talking to uh, Brad about this. What level of excitement do you get when you come back to Knoxville for oh, games? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure this is a regular occurrence for you Well, also. it is. I, I live in the area, so it's, it's always exciting, especially this time of year when uh, it gets close to football season, opening opening day. Opening day is nothing like uh, anything else here in Knoxville. The, the, you can feel it in the air, and it's always good to see the orange waving around, and, and uh, campus starts to get a little bit livelier, and everybody around town gets a little livelier and getting ready for the season. What do you think when you see an offense like Josh Heupel's they compare that to your offense <laughs> in the mid-90s in a ground-and-pound era. Uh, I mean, you blocked you blocked for Heath Schuler. I think you blocked. You were the center for Peyton Manning also. It's a pretty good quarterbacks. You were, you were blocking for your time. A good guys. I mean, we had some success. Um, but it was a bit. different offense, right? I mean, different, a, a different, different era. Time. Different era in football. Uh, there's no fullbacks anymore. Yep. Uh, hardly see an eye formation. Uh, goal line short yardage, you're in shotgun. We used to line two tights and yep. go over the top with little man Stewart, but it's uh, it's just a different style of offense. Everything comes around, you know, uh, and that's football for you. The game's always going to continually to change, but it's an exciting brand of offense. Compared, I mean, we scored a lot of points, had a lot of excitement. Uh, back in the day, we had a focus. Our main focus was running the football first and throw it when we needed to. Now just throw it now and run when you have to. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. And I think so many people, when they think of Heath Schuler, you know, they think about him being an NFL bust with Washington. He is such a great athlete that I don't think people realize. You saw it firsthand all the time. Yeah, I mean, there just was, his athleticism. There is probably only one better athlete that I've been around in my career, and that's Dale Carter. Wow. Other than he Shuler, he Shuler could play any position on the field, even offensive line, because he could probably he's strong enough to block somebody. But he had all the all the uh, all the tools. In defense, offense, he could have played anywhere. How happy were you when the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, knowing that market and that fan oh, base as well as man. you do? Um, I just felt a sense of, fine, you know, it's time. I mean, that, being a part of that organization, I still have a lot of friends there in Kansas City. Try to go out there as, as often as I can for a game. And just uh, to get that 50-year span, they, that, that city deserved that championship more than probably any city in America. Um, I know when the Royals have won a couple World Series, yep. the Chiefs, yep. all the Chiefs like, when's it going to be our turn? You know, the Chiefs organization. But it was, they, they got it. And then now it looks like they're going to be back year in, year out. And they've really built the foundation for a dynasty. I made my first trip to, to Arrowhead probably seven or eight years ago now. Yeah. And I was blown away with the college-like atmosphere for the NFL game at oh, Arrowhead. It's, it's as close to a college atmosphere as you can find across the country. Uh, it's unreal. You can smell the barbecue about yes, three miles yes. away. Uh, the fans are so passionate. I mean, it's huge the most parking lot around oh, the stadium. And it's set up perfectly, yeah. uh, tailgating. But, uh, but yeah, it's and the, and the fans care. I mean, when I was in Kansas City, I, I was when I was going through the draft process, uh, being drafted, I, I wanted to go to a place that I'd feel at home. Sure. And you feel at home. I mean, you go, you can go out to the restaurant, and, and the fans will come up and introduce and say, "Hey, how you doing? Thank you for coming here and playing for." It was just great. I mean, it's all all around a great place. When when someone if someone comes up to you and says, "Hey, tell me about your football playing days," do you think of college or pro first? Uh, depends on where I'm at. Uh, if I'm in a in, in a Kansas City, obviously I've been there, but here it's always most. 
both in college. You're always uh, relating to Tennessee. Yeah, you're always relating back to Tennessee, and I think anybody that's ever played here uh, always relates back to college because this is such a pivotal point in my career, being able to play with the Shuler and Manning and the, and the teammates that I had over the years. We're, we're still a close group and stay in contact, and we're always we're always around for each other, and that's part of it. What would you think of Peyton's Hall of Fame speech? Oh, that was great. It's typical Peyton. Yeah. Uh, he put a lot of effort into it, and he did well with it. I mean, he's – I didn't want it to I, end. I didn't either. I you mean, I, he could have gone on for an hour. Yeah. And, uh, you can tell he was rushing it, too. He, he was, yeah. That time yeah, and if, he, if they would have given him an I hour, know, he would have taken an hour. hour. They should uh, have. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he did a great job with it. And, you know, just the unreal career he's had, not only in college and the NFL, and what he's done for the game over the years is just amazing. Jeff Smith has, has been our guest here uh, as we broadcast live in Knoxville. Final thing as we wrap up. I uh, was walking around with Chad this morning, and you know the atmosphere—it was building early this morning yeah. for kickoff tonight. And I'm not understating that uh, or overstating that. I mean, it's—it was much better than I expected it would be this morning for a Thursday night kickoff against Bowling Green. Yeah. With that being said, Chad looked at me and said, "This place deserves a winner." You were discussing <laughs> Kansas City, how they deserve yeah. a winner. Knoxville needs it again. It's been too long. It's—it's uh, it's been a long ten plus years of coaching changes and heartbreak and frustration. And and I, I think I really believe that this time around with AD we have here and the coach we have, Heupel, I've been able to meet Heupel and talk with him. He's the, he's the, he's the right guy for the job. He can get us where we need to go. He's a proven winner, and uh, he's he's put he's laying the foundation for uh, continued success. You tailgating with Lampley after this? No, Lampley, no, I'm not tailgating with Lampley. He's he's too big time for me. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's hard to get the invite that Lampley I mean, tailgate. You know, it's tough. It is. Yeah, yeah it's we're he, not tailgating with like Lampley. It's like an invitation no, 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 to meet no. the president. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, go, go You've got to know Pope. somebody that knows somebody and you hopefully really remember you. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but, it's, yeah, but uh, no, Brad's a great guy. I've known Brad forever. And he's, yeah, I think they're tailgating the same spot every year. But they you're going to go, just show up. You yeah, can't well, we'll try. If we can make it past security, yeah, there you we'll, go. we'll try. Yeah. Good to see you. Good to meet you in <laughs> it's person. Good to see you well. Thank you. Thanks for having Jeff me. Smith has been our guest coming up. PK checks in from Nashville. Jarrell Casey announced his retirement from the game today. Ten years in the NFL, nine with the Tennessee Titans. We'll also preview a little more in depth uh, a couple layers deeper on Tennessee Bowling Green during the Tennessee Power Hour which is straight ahead on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Hey it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day and give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.